0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. This program, within the milieu of history, theology, and current events, strives to answer questions that have come to us here in the studio from listeners, or possibly questions that we have collected through email or talking with people. And last week on this program, we were talking about missions, and we realized that there's so much to cover under this large topic that we would continue again this week. And joining me again in the studio is the Reverend Mark Diedrich of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And his son, Jeremiah Diedrich, who is an active missionary pilot with his wife, Julie. And, uh, Jeremiah, it's nice to have you.
1: Good to be here again.
0: We were talking last week about missions, and one of the questions we started with was this. Don't we have so many problems in our country that we need to focus here first you know, we're thinking about a possible economic collapse, uh, you know, health care concerns and problems. Um, we have abortion here, which is, let's be honest with each other, that's just outright murder. Uh, slaying the unborn, uh, slaying of the so-called innocents. Um, all kinds of problems here. We have crime. We have uh, businesses that have failed In supposed need of bailouts, huge bailouts, and debt that's so high we have no idea how we're going to pay it all. Um, With all these problems, and many that we haven't even begun to address, uh, why have missions? And Pastor Mark, could you summarize for us a couple of points maybe from last week? Why do we have missions?
2: Well, surely I think uh, just very briefly that we have missions because God commanded us. He said, "No, just focus on yourselves." He gave a cultural mandate where we're, we're to, to touch the whole world, as it were. We see in Genesis one this cultural mandate. We see uh, the evangelistic mandate uh, given to make disciples of all nations in Matthew twenty-eight. In Acts one eight, we're told. To go uh, not only to Jerusalem and and Judea and Samaria, but the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm. And, of course, we we pointed out that, hey, we're America. You know, (laughs) if there's any country that is equipped to do that, we are. And I might just also add one thing. One of the things that's really key is knowing God's Word. And has God given us His Word? Yes, He has. Mm. He's given it to us in the Bible. And how many Bibles do you have, Dan?
0: I can't count them all, Pastor Mark. I,
2: I can't either. I can't, I can't count all my Bibles. I've got it, them scattered here and there. Here and you know, there, yeah. We're you're in just,
0: the recording studio right now, and I, I'm looking up here on the shelf. I've got one, two, three here, and Jeremiah's got one on his lap. You've got at least one there, and yeah. I've got a bunch more upstairs, and I'm guilty, aren't I? Yeah,
2: <laughs> we, we have plenty, and a lot of people... They don't have God's Word in their own language. Mm. And even if they can understand another language, your own heart language is the most important one. In fact, I had a professor in seminary. Here's this great learned professor in seminary. We had a group together. He was from Germany. And he said, I want somebody else to pray. (laughs) He said, well, and why? He says, because when I pray, I pray in my heart tongue. In other words, he would only pray in German.
0: There you go.
2: And that's why, even though he spoke very fluent English, he would only pray in German. And and that's the same with these people. Even if they can speak some other language, their heart language
0: needs to have God's Word. That's what's key, yes. Well, so we're talking about missions today. It's our second week talking about this. I am so delighted, Jeremiah, that you can be with us here with your dad today. Jeremiah, you're a missionary pilot, and uh, your wife, Julie, serves with you. Tell us just a little bit what she does to assist you in in the mission there.
1: All right. Well, she is, first and foremost, a godly wife and a great and godly mother to our Mm. kids. Um. And and God has blessed me incredibly Mm. with her as Mm. as a life partner. Mm. She's trained as a um, mechanic, aviation mechanic, Mm. and certified as an aviation mechanic. And um, she has, as uh, our kids have been getting older, and uh, especially as they've started into the preschool, um, she's been able to help out a lot with... Scheduling flights and, and doing the paperwork before and after flights. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when we uh, come to the inspection times on the aircraft, where we actually open the airplane up and do a thorough inspection. takes about a week to do a thorough inspection and repair of everything. That long? She, she participates oh, in that. Yeah, right. what what he
2: doesn't tell you is she gets all the dirty work. She's a small woman <laughs> and, and so when they have anything that's really tight and really hard to get at, Julie gets
0: put in that position. <laughs> oh, that's how she it she works. has okay. been blessed
1: with small hands to get into small places.
0: But also she's pretty is tight on board of those planes. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty small. department and everything else, yeah.
1: <laughs> she's she's very skilled at sewing and it flows over into sheet metal work as well. Isn't that so. amazing?
0: <laughs> You know, you you once in a while come to our church and uh, we see you. And, you know, if I didn't know this background, I wouldn't ever guess that she's an airplane mechanic with all these uh, extra skills beyond her um, uh, being a wife and mother. Praise the Lord for that. Now, sometimes you're you're flying from point A to point B. And about how long does a a typical flight take?
1: Uh, Where we are flying, most flights are between an hour and two hours long.
0: Do you... uh, Ever get anxious as you're up there
1: in the cockpit? No, we try to uh, have the wisdom and the judgment to get out of a situation before it's time to get anxious. Yes,
0: so you're always looking ahead and Mm -hmm. um, thinking and planning. Yeah, and And planning with margin. And with margin, I like that.
2: But sometimes, you might want to relate the first landing you made on a runway you guys had never heretofore
1: landed, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a challenging runway, um four hundred and fifty meters long. And
0: how long are they usually?
1: Um most of our runways are around six hundred meters. So this one this is considerably on the shorter, shorter end, yeah. Oh. Um and it has an upslope, uh, an incline where you touch down and then it has a dog leg that you actually can't see around. It's a pretty steep curve. Oh my. And the, the first time landing there, um with the chief pilot. He hadn't landed there either, and he said, uh, you know, let's go ahead and fly a pattern and see what it looks like and not land. Mm-hmm. And with this particular runway, you have to uh, commit to your landing when you're still about 100 feet in the air because you can't oh. abort the landing and go around because of the tall trees on oh the dear. other end. So we we took a good look at it, and everything was looking favorable, and we landed, um, it was a runway that had been out of use by, by missions aircraft for several years and uh, walked the runway, inspected it, made sure it was in good condition, made sure it fit all of our parameters for operation, and mm-hmm. uh, I I needed that half-hour walk to get my knees settled back down from knocking. Yeah. and oh it, it was a rush, but as we inspected yeah. it, we realized, yeah, this is this is a sound runway, a solid runway, and, and we've been using it ever since, and it's a real, real blessing to the missionaries there because it takes about half an hour to mm. fly from the jump-off town into this village. Um, the only other option is to go two days by boat and then hike for three to four days, through the jungle. Oh, there you go. And that's during dry season, during rainy season. Even worse. Most of the hiking is actually flooded, and so you find a floating log, you put your backpack on it, and you swim next to the so log. So
0: this this saves you tremendous amount of time. Yeah,
1: tremendous yeah, amount of yeah. time and wear and tear and danger, True. Yeah, and tell how the missionary wife reacted when you landed. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> was on the radio, she heard us coming in, and uh, we told her we were about... Half an hour out, and uh, her daughter was on board, yeah. coming back from uh, boarding school, and uh, she she could barely talk. She was in tears, oh. and she said it had been over two years since she had had a uh, mission aircraft land there. So long, and time. we we were able to come, and she said that for her, um, generally she'll stay up to a year. In this extremely isolated tribal location oh rather than hike out because she has bad knees um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it, it was an incredible blessing for me to fly in there that time and and to from that point be a part of supporting their work there Amen.
0: so as this great commission is fleshed out as we are to make disciples of all nations, um, here's God using various means. To accomplish his end goal And it's wonderful We're up against a break We'll be right back This is A Plain Answer Here on Redeemer Broadcasting With us today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich Pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York And his son Jeremiah Diedrich A missionary pilot Stay with us now We'll be right back
3: We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
0: And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is centered around missions. The question originally from last week... That we're continuing on this week Is don't we have so many problems in our country That we need to focus here first Why missions? And in the studio today is Reverend Mark Diedrich PCA Church in Kingston, New York And his son, Jeremiah Diedrich Missionary pilot to uh, South America Now, Jeremiah, you were describing What you go through in the plane You referenced a runway that was rather short You know, I got thinking as you were describing what it felt like, once you're within 100 feet of the ground and you're committed, there's no turning back. I realized that I would not be cut out to be a missionary pilot. I would think, oh no, what am I going to do now? And um, it just goes to show that God calls different people to different walks. He gifts them. Uh, God has gifted all of us with with certain callings and giftings and uh, we have to do what God has called us to do, and obviously God has called you and your wife at this point in your life to do this very thing, and that's what you're out there doing.
2: He called Jeremiah when he was four years old.
0: Is that right? He was yeah. four
2: years old. He's he's known since he was four years old. That's that God a wonderful him to be thing. Missionary pilot. That's a wonderful it's never thing. Never
1: changed. I, I don't remember the age, but I do remember what did it. I watched a video uh, through Gates of Splendor about yeah. missionary pilot Nate Saint and oh. the other four missionaries that uh, he was yeah. with when they were martyred by the Waurani Indians in South mm-hmm. America. And
0: from that point, can I was you imagine, listener called? Uh, being inspired by hearing about missionaries being killed on the field. You know, this just goes to show you, this is how God works in his calling. And I know we'll get to this at the end, but um, if any of you out there want to support this wonderful couple uh, as missionary pilots, uh, like we said last week, just contact us here at the station and we'll get you uh, connected uh, with their missions organization. Now, um, you're a missionary pilot you're out there serving god in south america at times it's very dangerous but you're not going into a a city with a major airport um you're going as i recall to uh, to tribes do we really need to go to these tribes have you ever been asked that question
1: yeah <laughs> i have uh, several times, actually, um, in the course of, of speaking at churches and uh, kind of presenting our ministry. Even the church people would? Even, you know, where it's come from primarily is believers who say, well, yeah. isn't this kind of an idyllic life that that these tribes have? Out in the jungle, at harmony with nature, and, and why, why do we really need to take the gospel to these tribes? Hmm. And... Um, to start off with, life in the jungle, as I have experienced it in my years in the Amazon, is hard. Everything mm. stings, everything bites, everything's poisonous. Oh, it is yeah. a hard and dangerous life, and right. it is, is not idyllic in that sense mm. because you're always on the lookout for the next snake that's going to bite you, the next thorn that you're oh, going to step yeah. on.
0: What what is the life expectancy of
1: some of these tribes? Uh, that that heard? I don't know, but yeah. I do know this: um, since the advent of medicines for malaria, for uh. um, even common cold um, is 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 very hard on mm-hmm. a lot of these groups because they don't have resistance. Um, since bringing in antibiotics the life expectancy has gone up yeah. significantly
0: and so god has used the uh, delivery mechanism as we called it last week of an airplane to not only bring missionaries in who can preach the gospel translate scriptures etc cetera, etc cetera, but i would assume he's he's helped bring in medicines that are needed to yeah, these
1: cultures that, absolutely. yeah absolutely as you know as as we see in jesus example of healing the sick and the multitudes mm-hmm. and then presenting them with the good news of the kingdom of God that mm-hmm. is the role that that missionaries are filling in these these settings
0: so all these people um, not just Americans <laughs> all these people worldwide have worth and mark why do they have worth
2: they have worth because they're created in God's image mm. And and that's uh, the key thing. And when we look at that, we see that. But we also see that they're sinners, and that's why a lot of times the situation that they're living in is far worse, as mm-hmm. it is in this country. Mm-hmm. When sin is dominant, it, it's far worse. And uh, you can see that even in some of the, the the tribes, some of the things that that they've changed when they've come to Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah, you can probably relate. Uh, one or two of the the changes that have occurred in these tribes in their situation when they've come to faith.
1: Yeah, Uh, one one interesting thing that jumps out at me um, as a change is one of the cultural practices that a lot of the tribes in uh, one particular area have of when a girl is going through puberty, she's isolated in a hut by herself, and the purpose is that she's not supposed to see any men, and no men are supposed to see her, until her official coming out. And after that, she can she can technically be married, then she's eligible hmm. for marriage. And during the ceremony, traditionally, um, the girl would be brought out, blindfolded, and bound to a, a low table or bench, and then whipped across her back. Oh. And that practice in several of these tribes where the gospel has really made an impact and where there's a large portion of believers, that cultural practice has been transformed by the gospel Mm. and they said, oh, we can't do this anymore. We can't whip this girl. This isn't right. This, This is a wrong practice, but they wanted to preserve the heritage of it, and so now the practice is she's brought out she's laid on this bench or on this table and then the whip is gently placed on her back hmm. and usually it's one of her uncles will then pray for her and bless her oh. in the name of Christ
0: what a hmm. transformation that is yeah. yes the gospel changes lives it goes into these cultures um, Jeremiah described sometimes people will think oh they have this idyllic lifestyle you know here they are Oh, everything's wonderful there. you got the little bird sounds in the jungle and the fresh water and the nice rain. But as Mark, you pointed out, sin has its consequences. And uh, where the gospel isn't, where it doesn't exist, sin abounds. And uh, people are terribly oppressed by Satan. So praise the Lord for that uh, testimony. In our own culture here in America You know we're dealing with the question again this week Don't we have so many problems in our country That we need to focus here first um, Some of the problems Maybe they don't want to mention uh, But let's face it they, they deal with sin don't they It might be prostitution uh, It may be gangs Or uh, murders It may be theft um, It might be Things concerning dishonest weights and measures To use terminology that we learned from the Old Testament And how does that apply today in terms of our monetary system So yes the gospel will affect all aspects of life And uh, we really need to send out missionaries Things aren't all bad here in America are they And we are very wealthy God has still blessed us although we see many forms of corruption, to me what that says is uh, the missionary endeavor needs to be full-orbed, both overseas and here in America. Uh, Hope comes through the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the application of his principles and laws to our lives so that we can be the people of God and know his blessing.
1: One of the um, common Questions that that is raised, uh, particularly with regards to these these isolated tribes and and unique cultures, is say, Aren't you destroying the culture? Aren't you ruining something yes. that is good? And and I want to take two approaches to answer this. And one is: We have a culture in the United States, and and it's been assembled from all different cultures, but we don't seem to have any problem with that culture being changed, with that culture being adapted, um, revolutionized even. Yes. So why should we have a problem if they want to change their culture? And this right. is what it comes around to, is the missionaries don't go there with the intent of changing the culture. With all of the different missionaries from all the different missions that I work with, I have not yet found anyone whose goal or purpose or actions even are designed to change the culture. Mm-hmm. The the goal is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. And when the gospel penetrates into the hearts of the people, it is as though the scales have dropped from their eyes and they Amen. can see their sin and they can see their need for Christ as their savior. And that is what revolutionizes cultures. Mm. That's that is what changes the culture from the inside out. You go in to bring them the gospel. And it's Christ who moves in their hearts. The Holy Spirit Mm. moves in their hearts. And we don't expect non-believers, non-followers of Jesus Christ to live to please him. Mm -mm. They they live according to human nature, which is fallen and sinful. And in just the same way, these people live according to their fallen Mm. human nature. They have the same passions and desires and struggles as we have. And Mm. apart from Christ... They're just as lost. And so when the gospel penetrates and the hope of Christ comes, you see you see transformation. Mm. Um, one of the tribes that we fly into recently had a meeting with the leadership of the mission that's been working there for over 50 years. And there has been very little fruit in this this tribe. It has been mm. a very hard place to work for the missionaries. And, and many of the chiefs came from several of the different rivers and they met with the leadership and they said, you know, we're realizing now we don't know how to live. We're seeing that we rob from each other, we steal, we lie to each other, and, and we can't raise our kids like this. You know, we want, we want to know God and we want to please Him, but we don't know how to. And we're finally ready to listen. We're, we're ready to hear
0: how we can live to please God. That's a beautiful account. Praise the Lord for that. Well, we're almost out of time for this edition of A Plain Answer. Today we're talking about missions. And with us is Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and his son, Jeremiah Diedrich, who serves as a missionary pilot, along with his wife, Julie, in South America. They're down there serving as a young couple with two children, God has been using this young man to fly uh, missions for the gospel. Uh, Sometimes it's to deliver uh, a pastor, uh, maybe a Bible translator. Other times it's to help a a pregnant woman who's in trouble with a problem pregnancy to get to a hospital or to deliver medicine. And God is blessing this effort. And uh, before I forget, Jeremiah if, uh, if someone wanted to uh, help you guys and support, um, just simply contact us here at the station. And on our website is our email address. And we will see that your desire of supporting the Diedrichs overseas as missionary pilots is uh, delivered to the right uh, missions agency that they work for and that God is glorified in that way. Um, closing remarks, gentlemen. We've been talking about missions and the need for full-orbed missions, both here in America as well as overseas, and how that missions actually requires a lot of support. Uh, it requires people that know how to fly planes. Uh, it may require a broadcast technician, a Bible translator, wow. all these people in support roles. How can we summarize today?
1: This call to go into all the world and make disciples, as we have in the Great Commission. That applies to every one of us who is called by the name of Christ. Hmm. And I'd like to issue a personal challenge to everyone listening here that you are not to be sitting at home and be the armchair Christian. God has called you, whether it's to be you know, working with your neighbors and and actively reaching out to them, or whether he has called you, and maybe he has called you to leave your comfortable armchair Christianity and to go around the world and to serve maybe in a different cultural context, maybe in a place in the middle of the jungle, Mm. or maybe it's it's right next door. But God has called every one of us Mm. to make disciples for his kingdom.
0: And uh, we have some older listeners And if your day consists of Just simply sitting in your chair at home Which is fine Because you're older now And just watching a lot of TV But you don't have time to pray for these missionaries You don't have time to give um, Some of you are blessed with finances You can support uh, missions work In your town as well as around the world Just think of that Think of the stories we've heard today of how God has transformed cultures. And uh, it's all because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're out of time already today. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of A Plain Answer. In the studio with us is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, as well as his son, Jeremiah Diedrich, who is a missionary pilot. And if you wish to hear this broadcast again, reminder on the website, this will be posted under MP3 samples under programming. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Thanks so much for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer.